thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to 100 Not Out, featuring your hosts, Dr. Damien Christoph and Marcus Pierce. Hello, Marcus Pierce here. Welcome to 100 Not Out. You're about to listen to another episode recorded in Ikaria during our recent longevity retreat on the island where people forget to die. Now, I've recently returned home from this year's event and have already begun planning for 2017. If you're listening to this episode and think you want to join us next year to immerse yourself in the culture, then head over to 100notout.com to get on the early bird interest list. If you're ready to experience this rich culture, the cuisine, the lifestyle, the social life and the camaraderie that this 100 Not Out Longevity Retreat has to offer, then I invite you to register your interest. When you register, you'll receive first notice of when registration is available. The group is strictly limited to 16 attendees, so you really do not want to miss out. Okay then, let's join Thea Padikos and attendees Cheryl and Debbie alongside Damien and myself for this very special Icarian episode of 100 Not Out. Hello and welcome to 100 Not Out, a weekly show dedicated to helping you master the art of aging well. Here I am in Ikaria with the great mayor of Ikaria himself, Damien Christoph. Hello, Damien. Hello, Marcus. Great to be here. It's wonderful to be here. We're surrounded. We're surrounded by beauty. By beauty. And I'm not talking about the natural beauty of Ikaria. I'm talking about these three wonderful women. Let's go right to left. Over next to you. Yeah. We have Thea. Thea from Thea's Inn. And uh, you've, you've heard us interview Thea. Um, how many episodes ago was that? Oh, we probably interviewed Thea probably three times. The last time. Yeah, yeah the last time. Three times. Yeah. So we're due for another one with Thea. And given that she happened to be here, we thought we'd invite her onto the podcast. It's great. So great to see you, Thea. It's great to be here with all of you. Thank you. So good, Thea. So good. We've learned a lot from Thea. We're going to share that with you. We've got Cheryl Mead to my left. Hello. Cheryl uh, is here with her husband, and she's experiencing the longevity uh, retreat that we're in the middle of right now. And um, I think it's safe to say that most people are noticing that there's stuff oozing out of the ears, and it's not wax; it's uh, <laughs> it's brains because we're just we're having our minds exploded. So, uh, and then over there we have Debbie. Debbie Tippett, long-time wellness couch uh, listener, wonderful woman. Thanks for joining us, Debbie. You're welcome. It's been an incredible two days so far, two full days that we've been here on the island and um, we thought because of the visual overload, the stimulation that so many of us have received uh, since we've been here, it'd be a great time to integrate what we've done so far, give people a rundown as to what we've been enjoying, uh, the activities and then what we've been learning as well. So um, if we kick things off from yesterday, our first full day here, um, we, after an incredible breakfast, well let's just start on breakfast actually, Um, Thea... Everything from breakfast I remember you said comes from uh, your husband Ilya's farm or your cousin or my your son, son. Or my brother-in-law. Can you just give us a little rundown as who, what comes from what so people know what kind of what the Icarian breakfast is? Definitely. Well, we have the yogurt, which is Greek yogurt, which is great. The honey is from my cousin. The eggs are from my husband's chickens. Uh, what do we have? We had some veggies too, if I'm not mistaken. Some zucchini and peppers. Yeah. Yeah. That's from another cousin. The, the marmalades we make here with fruits from my husband's farm. So I think we have everybody pretty well covered. Yeah, that's incredible, isn't it? What about the milk? Like, does that is that coming yeah, from? So yeah. Are you commenting on the color. Yeah, the, the color's like it's kind of. But creamy. you're not drinking milk, are you? Just in the filtered coffee. Yeah, in the coffee. Oh, that's just coffee milk. I'm sorry to disappoint you. Oh, coffee do milk. Do you want some goat's milk? 
No. Oh, would you want to drink goat's milk? No. Would you be interested in goat's milk? No. I didn't think you would. You'd like no. your coffee. Yeah. No, I couldn't yes. think of anything worse than putting goat's milk into I'm a I'm going to bring you some then. No, not in the coffee. No. No. So filtered coffee with goat's milk on top? No, it doesn't go good. Goat's milk, I don't... Well, personally, I don't like doesn't, goat's milk doesn't goat's coffee. Good? I beg your pardon? It doesn't go to good? Is that what you said? It doesn't go to good. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> so bad. <laughs> so it's bad. Australian humor. Oh, it's a Damien. <laughs> such bad humor. So bad, isn't it? It's terrible. Yeah, so the breakfast was amazing. Every day we've had fresh bread. And, uh, and I don't know about you girls and Marcus, but do you feel bloated? No. 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 Definitely not. No. 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 A resounding no. And it's interesting because even though the wheat is similar to what we have in Australia, the way because it's cooked fresh daily and it's not loaded with heaps of yeast, it's actually quite a robust loaf, and it's uh, I think it actually feels quite good in the body. Yeah. Um, and I, and you know me, I'm quite fearful of gluten. You know, gluten's the enemy. Well, Debbie, you've been traveling Australia, Europe for now, what, almost over 100 days by the time you get home. You've been experiencing gluten all through these countries. What difference have you noticed as someone that's had bread through Spain, through Italy, through France, all the rest of it, compared to coming here? Well, I haven't had any choice all through Europe to eat that sort of thing. I've tried not to. I went for 12 months without eating it. And now that I have been eating it, it's been under sufferance because that's all there was. I was yeah. hungry all the time, but here this tastes really good, and what you're having with it makes such a big difference. Like yeah. having olive oil that yeah. you Or local. homemade jams and, yeah, rather yeah. than... Yeah. Jack, Jackson came up, well, yogurt with honey and, and, jam. and strawberry jam. And, mar- oh, and, mar- yeah. and marmalade. Yeah. <laughs> and marmalade, the combo. <laughs> Actually, we all copied him. I don't know if Yeah, so I had it this morning. Yeah. 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 Once he did it, yeah, Brett did it, I did it, then yeah. everyone did it. Well, speaking of the honey, we kicked off yesterday by going to the honey house. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think what we've been inspired by in any of the adventures we've been on is how inspired the people are by what it is that they do. So, would you be kind enough to give people a little rundown on what Felipe said at the honey house? I think he said it's been in the family for a bit over four generations. Um, right. Okay. There's a lot of people here make honey in Ikaria. Many people make it just enough for their house or to give to some relatives, not for sale or something like this. Where we went yesterday, though, they they sell their honey as you saw. They have quite a big, they have a pretty good, they have quite a big thing going there, and their family has been making generations for at least, I want to say four generations for sure, because wow. Philippa, his father, his grandfather, and I think also his great grandfather, perhaps even longer than that, and all the equipment that we saw there, the smoke makers, the um, the clay pots, that's all family heirlooms. So we're talking quite a while back, yeah. right? There's a few things that are amazing. They used Australian design technology uh, made in Finland to uh, help to harvest and to get the honey out of the out of the plates, out of the frames, uh, which we, we all found amazing. But one of the most disappointing things was that this beautiful honey, undoctored, unadulterated, beautiful, sweet, but you know, flavoursome and fragrant honey, we couldn't take into Australia. We're not allowed to take into Australia. For a number of different reasons, but we're also disappointed that we couldn't we couldn't take this unbelievable delight um, back we're to Australia. Sad. Really shattered, disappointed. Some people were so sad that they brought a tear to their eye. Is that you? Yeah, and uh, some a friend of mine, <laughs> someone someone <laughs> someone that I know, and uh, and so you know, really you know, to be immersed in this sort of uh, environment where you know there's such low technology but such amazing. Amazing lifestyle is is incredible, isn't it? And then from there, from the apiary, from the the honey house, we went into this beautiful little quaint 
um, town, which just had such an amazing feeling. Cheryl, what did you notice about this little town that was kind of striking and quite different to what we might have seen in Australia? Oh, you won't see it in Australia. It's like going back in time. Mm. The actual, the buildings. Like Sovereign Hill? (laughs) No. No, it's actually quite extraordinary. When you walk through the town, well, for some, there's no traffic. No, no traffic. (laughs) So it's it's sort of timeless. Mm. Can I tell you a little story about there's no traffic in that town? Yeah. Having gone back there this morning with Thaya, uh, we arrive... Thaya's like, I'm just going to leave my keys in the car and the window open just in case a truck comes down and needs to get down the path. Oh. <laughs> really? Okay. So I know, the only reason I would take my keys out of my car is if I'm worried about little kids getting in the car and starting the car. Okay. I don't worry about someone stealing my car. Really? Where are you going to go? Okay. Yeah, we know everyone's cars. Where are you going to go with my car? Yeah. But at the same time, um, if I don't want somebody to yell at me, say, where are you? Where are you? Come and move your car. They might see the keys in my car and move it for me. So it's really quite convenient. <laughs> <laughs> so how do we pronounce it? I think we all find it. We, I think this is the thing about Ikaria is that we actually love it. We kind of really, I don't know about you guys here, but I kind of wish we still had that. Like yeah, I wish I we could. Miss we miss already. it. Yeah. yeah. Um, but in this town yesterday when we arrived, we, this was really the first kind of town we'd been in as a group outside of Nas. We get there, probably starting to get a little bit hungry. Uh, we're probably the overwhelm of choice in terms of do we eat at that bar. We kind of was, we got there, we said everyone can do their own thing. But really only Hillary and, and her boys when they did their own thing, the rest of us stayed together. Yeah. And so it was like, where do we eat? What do we do? We've got to decipher menus and all these things. And Thea, in her wisdom, said, you know, I'm not going to help you too much because part of the whole... Um, part of this, you know, retreat that we're on is to engage with humanity, to talk and meet people and all the rest of it. So, we didn't, Thea, from what we know, didn't help us too much. The lady, Maria, just recognised that we were in need. Do you you want to tell you how it happened? Yes. Do you know? I still don't know how it happened. Yeah, Yeah. I know know how it happened. So, Maria came out and she said to somebody, do you want menus? And somebody said, no, just salad. And she said, okay. And so, then she went back and then she started creating all these salads. And then she came back out and said, how many of you are there? And we said, 10. And, uh, and she said, okay. And then she went back and then she just continued to bring food. And that was it. That was the order was salad for 10 people, please. I don't, and maybe we didn't even say please, which I feel quite bad about. But, <laughs> but it was, uh, she you know, brought out the most delicious, the second most delicious food we've ever eaten because uh, Thayer's food's been incredible. Oh, and so, but it really wasn't. It was fresh and the tomatoes are red and, the, and uh, the little potato salad that was there and then the little balls that she created, little meatballs. It was just, um, it was an experience. Yeah. There's a, um, there's a lot of love. That's the thing what, that what we observed yesterday. We went around the room yeah. at the end of the first day and said, what was everyone's magic moments? And the teenagers, the boys said, going down the beach, going for a swim, playing bonding. catch. Bonding. With bonding. Yeah. Yeah, real, real bonding um, time for the boys. Um, the baby boomers, uh, we spoke about um, the work-life, not work-life balance. I don't know if we call it work-life blend. Uh, but And we'll come on to that in just a moment. But how much there's... Life just continues on. There's no real separation of, of roles. But the other thing that we said was there's a lot of love in the island. Like people care for strangers. If you're hungry, they feed you. Um, there's not so much of a – it's not an obligation. It's a feeling. It's almost innate. Mm. They're not like I have to feed you. It's like I want to feed you. I want yeah. to help you. So what, you know, what can I do for you today? 
kind of uh, mentality. It's not like, how may I help you, or what do you need me for, or what do you want from me? It's, uh, what can I do for you today? It's yeah. a really sincere kind of uh, approach. So, uh, one thing that really got people yesterday was your comments, and I know Damien's mum was struggling to paraphrase or put it into words, but she really, the number of people were really quite astounded at the discussion around when people work here, one, they don't, they don't like laziness whatsoever, but two, they, their work, um, and again, I'm struggling to put it into words myself, but they, they love what they do, but they don't clock on and clock off. It's kind of a, a constant, um, it's like, maybe you can need to put it in your own words, but I, I... Part of your day, it's, um, how can I explain it? We don't have, not for everything, of course, but if you're self-employed or if you're doing something on your own, it's different if you're working at an office, a doctor's office, something like this then you have to be there at a certain time, or the store has to open at a certain time. But I can work, generally speaking, I can work at my own pace. If I have something I need to do first, I can do that. Maybe I'll work later. Maybe I won't. Maybe I'll get done earlier in the day and go in earlier the next morning, something like this. But I'll pace it to suit me also, but I'll get my work done, of course. And it's not the kind of a thing where we punch in or we have a certain set time or we go home at 5 o'clock, we have dinner, we sit on the couch, watch TV, and go to bed. The majority of the people, when they're through with their work, they're going to go home, have something to eat, wash up, and either go down to the village cafe, go visit a friend, or be outside doing something, mm-hmm. you know, before it's time for bed. We don't have that thing about being in the house after work and staying home. Yeah. There's another thing that uh, was really uh, profound was the lack of desire to ever retire. And so people uh, will continue to work um, will be part of and maintain engagement, part of the community, maintain engagement, which, you know, you've heard Marcus and I talk about ever since we started doing the podcast, really, after about the third episode, we realized that this thing's not about food. It's more about, you know, engagement, activity, and purpose. It, it seems, Thea, that uh, particularly we went to the winery, we'll talk about the winery in a moment, when we we're talking in the winery, there was this desire and a love affair with the family business and then wanting to pass that business on to the next generation. And, and it was, you would never, ever stop working. You would just keep Because the question would be, what would you do if you stopped working? You don't stop working. You continue doing something that you like. You're doing something useful, something productive. You're giving. It's all about giving, all right? Mm-hmm. And insofar as family businesses go... Greeks in general, and Icarians very strongly, they're about the next generation. So you're building things up because it's for the next generation. You might be 85 years old, and you're going to be planting lemon trees, and you're going to be doing all kinds of things. If somebody says to you, why are you doing this? You have enough lemons. doesn't matter. My grandchildren will enjoy them. So it's all about the future, and it's all about giving. So we call that future-proofing uh, in Australia. But one of the things that we do with future-proofing is we look for a contingency plan or we look to get out. And Cheryl, you're a businesswoman. You've been in business for many, many years. You've had a lot of businesses. You've still got a successful business. Is this concept of not wanting to retire um, so foreign for us that it's unachievable? Is, is this something that people may want to do uh, in our country in Australia? Look, I think it's actually a totally different concept to what Ikari is. In other words, we don't actually work in our businesses for the enjoyment of it. We do it because it actually gives us money. It's an income generation. It's mostly, yeah. Mm. And so we haven't constructed our businesses on the belief that we will hand it on. 
but that would be the ultimate, I think, mm. to, to have a reason to be in business and to not retire, mm. but to pass on your wisdom. I think that's what they do here really well. Because mm. mm. it seems that when somebody uh, finishes up in a business in Australia, the wisdom's lost. So if something was managed to be... Um, passed on then that's great if something didn't get passed on then that's just lost and someone else has to relearn it so we get left with gaping holes in our corporations gaping holes in our businesses because if somebody decides to move on from an organization that's it and they're not sharing because they're not being paid to share so there's nothing else being shared like it's it's gone and so this collective wisdom that they seem to have in Korea, where you know the 16 year old boy can sit down with a 60 year old uh, you know, grandparent who's sitting down with the 90-year-old great-grandparent, they'll talk about things openly, discussing the things that they've each learned along the way, um, in, in whether to make it better or, or to be able to pass it on. It, it's a shame that it's missing, isn't it? Well, it is, but Thayer actually mentioned yesterday when I talked about uh, how the generations interact. She said, well, actually, it's it's a given that the actual older people will listen to the younger people and that the younger people will actually listen to the older people. Mm-hmm. And, and they, they have respect for the generations and they don't sort of pass you off as you get older as not being worthwhile in any way. They value that, um, that wisdom. And if you're not right, they'll say you're not right, but they're then willing to explain why. I, I, look, she was amazing in her understanding of why it just works, mm. but we, we don't seem to have that ability to have that connection mm. in the same way. I, that's why I'm here. I, I wanted to really get into the culture, into understanding what makes you live so healthy for so long. Mm. That's, that's my aim, is to create that environment back home. Okay, so my question then, and Thay, I know you've just come back in, but I hope, I hope this makes sense. My question is, even though we've only been here for a couple of days... Based on what you've learned about the group, the people in the group, and knowing that we're a real subsection of society, whether we're from Australia or America or England or wherever it is that we're from, what do you think, and I say people like us because we do feel a bit alienated coming to a world like Ikaria, what do you think are the key things that people like us can do to integrate some of the wisdom of this lifestyle back home? That's a very good question. If you and I say that as someone that goes back to America every year, has been here right. 22 years, has, you've seen both worlds, you live both worlds, you can see it. So If you can take just a little bit of something from here, whether it's sitting down and having a proper dinner, whether it's not going home and being on the couch, whether it's being able to live in this particular moment, because this is something that Icarians really know and understand. You're, when, like we were talking yesterday, when you're visiting with somebody... Oftentimes, your mind is on what you have to do afterwards, and here we don't, they don't have this. We were talking about stopping the car in the street and talking to somebody. This is a really perfect example for this. One of these things, if you just take one of these things, one of these things home with you and fix, fit it somewhere in your life, I think that's a great start. Mm. Well, there's a, there's a number of things that I've thought about taking back. Um, and the food thing for me, you know, I love the ceremony around food and I think I'm going to make that much more important, a, a more important part of um, our life. Um, like what specifically? What do you think? Is it like breakfast, lunch, dinner? Is it a... I think it's going to, it's going to be more around the time that we take um, around, around that. So I don't think we're, I think we're just going to have to do a tools down sort of scenario because in our environment, 
you know, we race to get dinner done or we race to get lunch done or we race to get breakfast done so we can get to the next thing. I think we're just going to have to um, embrace, you know, almost like a, a stop point of that work day um, to then, you know, engage in some family life. Given that it's not all just in the community, you know, Amber's got to fly off there and Jackson's got to go there and I've got to go over there. You know, when we come back together again, when we reassemble our lives, um, I think we want to make that a bit more sacred. That's one thing. Yeah. What about you, Debbie? What have, what's stuck out in a couple of days that you've been here, you know, one or two things that you feel like, I'm going to work on implementing that when I get back home? Well, I've been away for so long, uh, almost be 100 days, 105 days by the time I get home, and I live with my, my mother and father live with, with us. So being away from them so long, I really now value them more, and I think they're so much more important now when I go home I don't know how long I'm going to have with them. They're both quite healthy, but I think that they're really important. We need to socialise more, um, make the most of the time that we've got. We do sit around and have meals together every night and chat around the table, but we could do it for longer as well rather than jumping up to see what's on TV or whatever. Yeah, so really concentrate on that. Yeah. What about you, Cheryl? Actually, I totally agree. I think we've actually conditioned ourselves to think that we need to connect with the media for some reason. But Bad I news. I have yeah, I've seen that you actually don't need the media. <laughs> you you actually need good company. The yeah. company on this um, this trip has just been extraordinary. The conversations have been extraordinary. Yeah. And the the amount of giving that gets done, like the people just give willingly. Like Dana, you've just been talking constantly about how to improve your your uh, life through your diet or um, how everyone actually seems to get um, confused about what they can do. I think you can achieve so much more if you can communicate the whole wellness thing to people. It's, it's, this has been, I reckon, the best trip ever. Really? Oh. You've been here for 48 hours. Oh, it's yeah. just, I'm sort of like a different person already. Yeah. yeah. Do you guys all feel like you've been here for longer than 48 hours? Yeah. 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 Actually, it's going to be really hard to leave. Mm, yeah. Because you know you've got to go back and you've got to go back to, ah, oh, well, you've got to go back to the What I do know is if we can scrape together 400 euros, we can buy the land down there. That'd be good. We could do that, surely. Yeah. We'll, well there's, five, there's five taverns in the village here of Nass, and, and, and Thea reckons the population would struggle to hit 100. Tops. Tops. And there's five places to, to gather. So maybe we could just... Bring our families here, add seven or eight people to the population, and put together another tavern. Why there not? you go. There we go. Yeah. That'd be great. But then, no, it's just easier to come to Thayer's actually. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll just do some more rooms down there. <laughs> yeah, we'll take turns. Yeah, yeah. Well, this has been uh, one of our more favourite editions of 100 Not Out. Really hope you've enjoyed this podcast. If you've been listening on the uh, app, make sure you. Check it out on YouTube and see this incredible setting that we find ourselves in for this retreat. Know that we are very much already committed to doing this in 2017. So if you are looking to come along for 10 days of life-changing experience, go to 100notout.com, enter your early bird interest there. Debbie, Cheryl, Thea, Damo, as always, thanks again for your wisdom. Thank you, brother. Really look forward to doing another one of these whilst whilst we're here. Until next time, folks, as always, thanks again for your support and continue to make the rest of your life the best of your life. 
This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.